Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recovery Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started RecoveryYourSoul.net after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism and control addiction. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery and help others to transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions with me, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, subscribe and receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. I know that together... We can do the work that will recover your soul. Welcome back to Recover Your Soul. Thank you for joining me here today. We talk a lot in soul recovery about being okay when others around you are not okay. As a matter of fact, I think that this is really the call to taking responsibility for our own lives and our own happiness, being responsible for ourselves and our own happiness. Most of us were trained from the times that we were young to be responsible for their siblings, to be responsible for how things were going in the house, to be a good little girl or a good little boy, to follow the rules, to be compliant. And when we learn those things, what we're really learning is that we need to be caretakers, peacemakers, that we have to show up in a way for other people for us to be loved and accepted by our family, by our parents, by our brothers and sisters, by our school, by wherever we are. And that's how we survive. That's how we that's how we learn the rules. But it gets taken to a different level. And for a lot of us, what we really learn is that if you're not okay, I'm not okay. That I have to be something else for you to be okay. And my recovery, my soul recovery, as I've said in previous episodes, has a lot to do with learning to be uncomfortable and to allow myself to sit in that discomfort and to be okay, even if someone else isn't okay. And I tell a story about my learning the term that you're only as happy as your least happy child and how I wore that as a badge of honor, that if I 
could only be as happy as one of my kids. And that if one of them was having a hard time and wasn't all right, that it wasn't okay for me to be better than that. I also, just now, while I was saying that, remembered there was a time early on before I actually did real recovery where I was sober for a year. And that sobriety came because I was sitting in the backyard with my stepsister, who has been alcohol-free for a long, long, long time. And we were sitting in the backyard. She was in town visiting, and I was already getting sick and tired of what alcohol was doing to my life and to my marriage. And I was already feeling like there was something missing, that there was a disconnect, that I could tell that I was overwhelmed, that I could tell that this solution of using alcohol to check out wasn't working for me anymore. And as a matter of fact, what I really wanted was I really wanted my husband to stop drinking, that I really wasn't happy with who he was when he was drinking. And I'm sitting in the backyard with my stepsister and somebody that I don't know We're talking about this, and I'm talking about how I wish that we could be sober, that we could stop drinking. And this man asked me why I was waiting for my husband to make change before I was willing to make change. And something in me changed. Something, some awareness happened. Some click inside of me happened. Some switch was turned that I realized that I was putting all my energy and all my power into somebody else's decisions for me to make the right decision for myself. And on that day, I stopped drinking alcohol. And it wasn't in recovery, and I didn't do a bunch of other work, but it was the start of what was a long and arduous and complicated journey to finally finding sobriety and finally finding soul recovery and finally choosing happiness. And what I see in these two stories of feeling like I needed to only do recovery or only be sober, since I didn't do recovery then, only be sober if it was in conjunction with what my husband was going to pick And also this badge of honor that I had that I couldn't be happy if my kids weren't happy is really about not taking responsibility for myself. It's putting all of the energy and all of the attention on somebody else's decisions, somebody else's life, somebody else's world, somebody else's emotions, somebody else's reactions, somebody else's responses to whether I can be okay. And as I've done the steps and as I've done the soul recovery work, what I'm coming to learn is that I think that I thought that I was selfish if I did something for myself, that it would be selfish to actually allow myself to be happy if the people around me aren't happy, that I'd be selfish to put myself first, that it'd be selfish to put my needs above somebody else's needs. That it's not okay to have myself be the top of the list of importance. As a matter of fact, I should be down at the bottom. I should be making sure that everybody else is all right. We have a lot of our upbringing that tells us that it's not okay to be okay if something else isn't okay. That we take a lot of responsibility for other people's emotions. 
But the reality is that if we want to be a light in the world, if we want to be our fullest, truest selves, if we want to be able to walk around with integrity and honesty and strength, that we have to put ourselves first. And that it doesn't mean that you're putting somebody else last. It doesn't mean that it's an either or. It means that there's enough for everyone, but you are putting yourself and your needs at the top of that list. So as I've learned with my son in particular, with my kids in particular, and my husband, since that's my nuclear family, I have parents who are pretty individualized. They actually taught me to be independent, partially because they're both so independent. And even though there's two sides of every coin, that there's such appreciation that I have that I wasn't given a lot of responsibility to make sure that everybody, my mom and dad growing up were okay. There was this responsibility just to be independent on my own and to be a good girl and not need very much. So as much as I appreciate the fact that they are out in the world and they don't really need a lot from me, I think that I wasn't given the skill set that I needed when I walked into a marriage and having kids to know how to deal with a bunch of people that needed stuff and that weren't having good days, or that felt overwhelmed, or that school was hard, or that friends were hard, or that marriage was hard. And because I've always been such a good problem solver, I immediately went into problem solving. But what if you can't solve the problem? What if you do all the things that you think that they should be doing, and you give them all those advices and all of that that coaching And they don't either, they don't follow your advice at all, they reject it, or let's say they do follow the advice and they're still unhappy. Then we put ourselves in a situation where we think we personally are responsible for somebody else's happiness. And when we can't make them happy, when we can't be enough for them, when we can't give enough, then we suffer we suffer. So when I started to really do the work of letting go of feeling like I couldn't be happy if my family wasn't happy, it was really uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable. There was a period of time where our son had stopped going to work and he was living in a a place that was owned by a family member. And so he wasn't paying his rent and we had to go kick him out and I was devastated and he lived in his car and that was one of the most painful things that I ever had to go through which is to take this child who was struggling and clearly in the midst of addiction and move his stuff out and tell them that he had to go figure it out And I had to come to a place where I could really interiorly go inside and trust that this was part of his journey, that I had to let him fall down so that he could pick himself back up. And he would show up or call and tell stories about sleeping in his car 
And as he was telling these stories inside, I was just so, so, so sad because this isn't what I wanted for him. What I wanted to do is I wanted to save him. I wanted to say, of course, you can stay here or how can I give you money or what can I do? But I knew, I knew that that wasn't going to help. I knew that I had to let him figure this out. And he found some place to stay. And he started working again. And he figured it out. And I had to be uncomfortable in that. And not only did I have to be uncomfortable in it, I had to be okay. I had to be able to go to work and show up at my job and show up in my home and not be completely overwhelmed and overtaken with this situation, this circumstance that I really didn't have any responsibility for, that I didn't have any control over. And I think if you ask him, there was a period of time where he was very resentful that that had happened, that he really felt like we had abandoned him. And now I think if you ask him, he would say that that was part of what his learning was, that he had gotten himself into that situation and that now he never wants to live in his car again, that he will show up to work even on days that he doesn't feel like it. So how do you do this when you have people in your home, in your life, in your house, at your work, in your neighborhood, your friends who are having a hard time? How do you detach with love? How do you still allow yourself to be present for them without physically taking in all of those emotions? And how do you come to a place where you don't feel selfish? where you realize that you actually are benefiting them by taking the time to do the best for yourself, to be the healthiest that you can be. It's just literally one step at a time. It's just one day at a time. It is a practice of feeling those feelings that you feel, that discomfort, that wanting to save, the wanting to jump in and fix, the wanting to have the answers, and observing it. And just letting it be in your body and in your mind and in your heart and really looking at it as if you're looking at something from the outside and giving yourself some grace and some forgiveness for how that feels, kindness, compassion for yourself and for the other person. And then it's about letting go of the fact that you're upset that they're upset. Because what we're really upset about is we're upset that they're affecting us. And then we feel guilty for how we feel and what we are judging them for, for what they feel. When really, if we just continue to turn that mirror on ourselves, continue to turn things around to ourselves and not be asking for them to be different, the circumstances to be different, see the humanness and everybody who's in a situation. See the pain that everybody's in and allow the judgment to start to fall away. Not only the judgment for them, but really the judgment that we have for ourselves. That there's a strength and a power in maintaining your own headspace, your own feeling tones, your own spiritual environment. And that we so often give our power away to somebody else because we want them to be okay for us to be okay. But what we just did is instead of feeling like we're in control of everybody, 
we're letting them be in control of us. And we wish that everybody could feel happy, feel secure, feel worthy, feel like they can handle the world. And sometimes people can, and sometimes they can't. But there's almost nothing that we have control over that we can do to make anybody change who they are deep inside, not the outside stuff. You can change someone's circumstance, you can give them housing, you can give them transportation, you can give them a job, you can say nice things to them. But if they don't feel that inside part of themselves that can see their beauty and their worthiness and their potential in the world, their purpose, and that they can let go of the hurt and the anger and the resentments and the past that's holding them back. We can't make anybody do that. And as a matter of fact, all that attention needs to go on you doing that for yourself. And the more that we can be in our fullness which doesn't mean that you're standing around with somebody who's really feeling despair and you're happy-go-lucky and saying, everything's just great. Everything's just wonderful. I don't know why you're sad. I feel fantastic. There's a difference between ignoring somebody else's feelings and gloating about how you feel and being present for somebody and recognizing their struggle and not allowing that to come into you and take over your feelings. And just to hold space for somebody and say, I'm really sorry you're hurting. Yeah, that, that must be really hard. Or hold boundaries and say, if you can't pay your rent, you can't stay here. It doesn't mean I don't love you. And this is really hard for me. But you've got to figure this out for yourself. Or being able to be in a situation where there's somebody at work who is just one of those people that it's just always a hard negative day. And to be able to have compassion for that person without judgment and not let it take your power. Not let it take your power. To have kids that are struggling and are having trouble in school or having trouble with friends, that's part of growing up. And the more that you have the strength just to say, I know you have what it takes to, to deal with this. What do you think? How do you think you want to deal with that? How can I support you without fixing it for them? And just witnessing the feelings that they have, witnessing the emotions that they have, being present for them and just saying, I love you. I know it's hard. It was hard when I was growing up too. And to be able to let them go into their room or go into their space and feel sadness and still be able to go out into your world and have a nice dinner with a girlfriend, be able to enjoy a movie, be able to be in yourself because what you're modeling for them is that this too shall pass, that you will be okay, that there is hope for things to get better because you're modeling that you've taken responsibility for yourself. You're modeling that you're giving yourself permission to have fullness, to have connection, to feel good about yourself. And I think so often we think that we're putting it in their face when really, when it comes from kindness, when it comes from compassion, when it comes from a place of integrity, what you're showing is where people can be 
to be that light. I know in the rooms of recovery that it is helpful, all spectrums of the people that come into those rooms. And for people who have been in recovery for a long time, those people that first walk in, what they see is they see people that were just like them, that were just like them, that have done this work and have found happiness, have found positive relationships, are able to not use. And the people who have been there a long time, when they see people that are first coming in, they have compassion and a memory of what it was like before they did the work. And it reminds them to keep doing the work. So there's no judgment one way or the other where you are on the spectrum. We are all on our path exactly where we're supposed to be. But if we're looking at the other people on the path and determining if we can be in our full strength, if we can be in our healing, if we can be in our moving towards being our truest, fullest selves, because we think we need to tow the people behind us, we're only burdening ourselves in our own growth. And we're keeping us from being our fullest selves, being that shining light. We could never fix anybody else. We can't change anybody else. We're not here to do that. We're here to grow and change and expand our own souls, our own consciousness, our own journey, our own awareness. And everything that's happened to us in the past is part of that. Sometimes we want to say, oh, I wish that that had never happened to me. That's terrible. There's a lot of hard stuff that happens in each of our lives But each of those things that had happened, if you can take them as growth opportunities, as learning, as awarenesses, what you're really giving yourself is full strength, full potential, full soul recovery, full connection. And then you're modeling for the next person the work that you've done, the responsibility you've taken for your own happiness and can show those people around you compassion and insight and wisdom and kindness and tenderness and empathy. So it's okay to be okay when the people around you aren't okay. It's okay to take care of yourself. It's not selfish. It's absolutely imperative that you take care of yourself first. Put the oxygen mask on yourself and then help the others around you. I'm no longer as happy as my least happy child. I'm now as happy as I allow myself to be. And my children are as happy as they allow themselves to be. And my husband is as happy as he allows himself to be. And as I've let go of the feeling that it's my responsibility to make sure that everyone else is okay, interestingly enough, everyone else is doing better because they're responsible for themselves. And I will continue to work hard to be responsible for myself. And I'm here to help you if you need support to be responsible for yourself. Until next time, namaste. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode offered you some tools and guidance and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. If you'd like some support and encouragement with your soul recovery, book a coaching session with me. When you are ready for change, it's amazing what can be done in just a few sessions with some support. There's never any long-term commitment. This is your personal journey, and I'm just here to be a guide and assist you in connecting with your fullest and happiest self. 
go to the website, recoveryoursoul.net, and there you can find out more about me, book your coaching or spiritual counseling session, subscribe to receive our email updates, listen to some of my music. I have some originals and I've had various bands over the years. You can also read the blog that includes stories and insights from the Recover Your Soul community. I want to thank you for supporting the production of this podcast. Every single donation makes such a big difference and you can donate on the homepage of the website. Also by following, subscribing, reviewing this podcast on your favorite platform, you're helping to spread the recover your soul message. I hope that you'll follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and even join the private Facebook group and become part of our transformation community. Share who you are, share where you're from, share your story. Let's all connect. Until next time, namaste. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.